Welcome to the Strut South Podcast. Today on the show, we got Jason Caldwell. He's back with us. We're here to talk some more deer scent. We're going to call this one Deer Scent 2.0. And uh, there's a lot of great stuff in this episode. If you haven't, go back and listen to the previous episode. It was Deer Sense 101. That was episode 5. That one was a really great episode. But in this one, guys, bear with us. Jason and I were talking to each other over the cell phone. We're both riding down the road talking while we're doing this. So just bear with us with the audio and hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to episode 19. This is Strut South Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse. we got Jason Caldwell on the line with us. What's going on, Jason? Not a lot. How are you doing today, man? Good to have me. Oh, man. I'm, I'm great. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you got back on here. Uh, you're going to be, I think you're the first uh, return guest, I guess you could say, to the, to the podcast. Uh that's why everybody I said good to have me, you know. I thought everybody might be uh, excited to hear my voice again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, it, uh, I'll tell you, we, everybody that's listening, if y'all haven't, if y'all haven't heard the first episode with Jason, it uh, it was a real good one. I'm, I'm not sure what number it was, but it was called Deer Sense 101. And, right, right. Yeah, it's always a hot topic whenever I get on the phone with people is they want to know how to use them and when to use them and what to use. And it's a conversation that can be carried on for hours and hours and hours. And there's just really not enough time in one show or, or ten shows to get it all in, really, what people want to talk about most most often. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, that, that episode we did, it was uh, it was really good. A lot of great information in there. Uh, now, if y'all will have to forgive us if y'all are listening. We're, me and Jason both, we're on the road driving, so we're both talking over, over the cell phone. So if there's parts in here where the audio is kind of a little fuzzy or something, that, that's why. But I think we'll still be able to get the information across. Yeah, well. yeah, it's November. Uh, it's hard to keep us on one, one spot too long. That's right. We're like a Man, we're like a bucks. We're rutting. We're running. We're trying to get in get in the woods and got to do these things when you can. That's right. Uh, yeah, I tell you, man. It's like you say. We we got to be trying to hunt, man. I tell you, I don't know how y'all's weather's been. But you're up in Tennessee, so you ain't real far from me. But man, I tell you what, here it has rained for the past three days, and we got. Oh, I know it, man. Five. Five inches of rain in the last 72 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. No doubt about it. It's been, you know, this time of year, I spend a lot of time in the Midwest, and it's been just opposite of rain. You know, we've had a lot of cold weather and a lot of snow uh, today. Um, you know, it's really dependent upon the area in which you are, you know, obviously. But, you know, that can play such a key factor in using these scents and the different strategies, you know, was rain versus snow versus hot versus cold, you know, that all makes a big, big difference in, you know, how we go about using things and what what we use, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So how I mean how's your uh how's your season looking so far? 
So far, so good. I, I actually was very fortunate and blessed to take a deer that I had on my hit list, number one buck, uh, named Holy Moly. Uh, very first time I seen this picture come in on my cellular cam, I went, holy moly. So, therefore, the name stuck, and uh, November the 11th, holy moly, happened to swander right on by my stand about 45 yards, and he caught a rage hypodermic, and he started leaking really, really bad. So, it was a very, very cool hunt, very awesome day. Uh, so far, probably my biggest deer to date, um, he green scored 176. And had a broke brow time, which was about five or six inches long in my trail camera. So, you know, tough to say he was a 180-inch deer, but he was, you know, and unfortunately he broke that off a few days prior to, to me harvesting and that the animal. But nonetheless, I'm still tickled to death to have him, you know, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Now, was that, yep, was, that yep. in, was that in Tennessee or? No, that was an Illinois deer. That was a Midwest oh, okay. deer, so, yep. That's why I go up there is try to get those big boys. Yeah, well, I tell you, man, I mean, it still ain't, it still ain't too awful hard to find some 170s down here where we are and where, where you are. They just, they might be harder to find, but they're definitely there. But uh, Oh, yeah, they're definitely there. Just not hiding behind every tree by any means. That's right. Yeah, November, that's cool. You say November 11th is when you shot him. My my brother yep. actually shot a, shot a buck on the same day. Um, yep. And, uh, I shot my yeah, I know a lot of people, you know, that, and I'll kind of use myself for an example. November 7th last year was when I killed my big deer last year. So this year, you know, I'm thinking the whole time lightning's going to strike twice, November the 7th, it's on. We had great weather. Everything about that day was just ideal scenario. Pressure was perfect. Weather was, you know, great. And it was a dead day, man. Nothing going on. Um November the 8th, not much better. 9th, a little bit better. 10th, started seeing a little bit of movement, a little bit of rutting activity, a couple small bucks running does. On the 11th, it's like you just jerked a switch on the wall and pulled the breaker and everything just went nuts for us. And all the friends I got, you know, had several big deer killed that day, a lot of good pictures on our trail cameras that day. Uh, so since then, it's kind of hit a peak and started back down a little bit it seems to be from what our trail cams are showing yeah maybe maybe getting into that lockdown phase could be you know could be but we've had a little snowstorm come in up here today and uh all my buddies that are hunting said activity was really a little slow this morning but the evening times i think we're going to see that pick back up hopefully yeah well I guess there's there's some intel there for anybody hunting in the Midwest in the Illinois anywhere. Looks like it's it's still kind of right in the middle of of the thick of things, I guess. Oh yeah, I'm, uh, I tell everyone, you know, if you're uh, if you're not in a tree November the fifth through the fifteenth in the Midwest, then don't even consider yourself a deer hunter. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, I, I really, that's probably harsh, but that's the magic time for me. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I really think it's about it's about the same for here where I'm at. Uh oh, right. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Now now I will yeah, say right. you you probably gotta you probably have to expand it a little bit and maybe I would probably go November the fifth through the twentieth here right. for Georgia. 
Yeah, I mean, it is just, it could happen at any moment during those days is what I've Oh, yeah, but, I mean, no doubt about it. I'm not saying people don't kill deer, but prior to or afterwards, you know, but in my experience, in my opinion, you know, 75% of all the big deer that all my friends or people I know will kill will be killed in that 10-day window. You know, some will be killed before, obviously, and obviously afterwards, but I think a majority of those deer, you know, it's just everything comes together those 10 days, uh, typically. As long as you got pretty decent weather, you can do very good and capitalize. So if anybody's taking notes on uh, when to hunt the Midwest, I do not think you can go wrong the 5th of November through the 15th. Any time in there is a great opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Now, and uh, that's that's I think I was gonna say the only the only bad thing about the rut is if you do see a buck, most of the time you probably ain't gonna see him, but just for a few seconds. Yeah, could be man, or could be like Mister Holy Moly here, and he was just cruising the edge and you know transition areas, running the edges, trying to get from one place to another, and I got in his way. Yeah. Yeah, you know, but these deer that time of year, man, they're not, they're not sleeping, they're not eating, they're not doing nothing but walking, chasing those, steady moving. I mean, if you're a whitetail hunter, those time of year, you know, you got to put your hours in the stand. Uh, you know, the same day, the eleventh, my friend that I hunt with, the guy I go with a lot, he killed his deer that evening at one thirty in the day, uh, cruising. You know, so you never know when it can happen. It's you know, time of year, put your time in a stand. Be alert, stand up, don't sit, you know, be ready for anything to happen at any time. Yep, yep. We've been, I've been seeing, especially, especially before this storm hit, this rain front, it's done rain for mm-hmm. the past two or three days, but then on, I'm going to say from about November the 7th till about the 11th or 12th, I mean, that was, it was, Especially the one spot I was hunting, I, I was seeing bucks every day chasing, and they were chasing hard, and uh, it was it was cranked up. But I think that, I think now they're starting to get in that lockdown phase a little bit, and then plus mm-hmm. I think it, this rain front kind of got them pushed down some. But I think oh, it's yeah. probably about probably about to crank back up, especially these next oh, couple yeah. of days. Yeah, it should get really good. I hope uh, you know. My my favorite time of year is uh, when they're seeking, you know, uh, that chasing stage, man, it can get exciting and it's fun to watch, but, man, they get hard to, like you say, you may see them just a few seconds and they're gone. They're on the other side of the property or next two neighbors over by the time you get settled down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you definitely got to be ready for love. Oh, yeah. But speak, uh, speaking of the rut, now, if anybody out there listening, y'all haven't. I suggest y'all go back and listen to the episode previous to this one about fence. And this it's, it's almost a great starter, I guess. Uh, we kind of hit on some stuff about hunting, using the scent and hunting hunting scrapes and stuff like that. But in this one, I kind of me and Jason kind of want to get in a little bit deeper and probably go in a little more detail on how to use some stuff. We may not. This one won't be that long. But uh, I was gonna say, Jason. Uh, speaking of the rut, mm-hmm. uh, with, with with your deer sense, what what is your number one tactic to use 
with your scents during, but, I guess, November 5th through the 15th. All right, yeah, I'll kind of, I'll take you back a year to last season, and then we'll tie it into this year. And two years in a row, same piece of ground, um, two big bucks taken, and both were using scents. Both had strategy behind it. And I'll kind of touch base on last year's uh, first. Last year, um, I had zero pictures of a deer. Didn't have one single buck on camera worth shooting. Um, but every time I would go in, I was making a drag line with dough and heat on the way in. You know, I would hang up a scent wick right out in front of my stand, you know, douse it in the dough and estrus. Um, go ahead and on the way out in the evening times, I was putting even more dough and heat out, hoping that the bucks throughout the night time would get a whiff and hopefully come back through the next morning. Well, on November 7th, like I said, uh, 174 inch deer made his way into the picture and I was able to snort wheeze and grunt the deer within bow range and he turned and went to leave and did not offer me an opportunity. But thank the heavens above, he crossed my doe and heat drag line in and 100% bird dogged me straight to the scrape I made. And I shot him standing right in the middle of the scrape with the scent wick hanging over it. So that was one way that I went about using doe and estrus, you know, doe and heat. And again, the thing that's special about our doe and heat and our doe and estrus, what, whatever people might want to call it, is that it's fresh. You know, whenever we collect it, it is literally days old when it's shipped to your front door. So that is amazing when you get in the whitetail woods to bucks that are seeking does and they want to smell. They're looking for that particular smell, that estrus, that those vaginal secretions and pheromones and the things that make that doe unique. You know, she's she's hot and she's out. they're out there looking for that. So you know, to try to mimic that with a store-bought brand or something hot off the shelf, it's hard to do. I ain't going to say it can't be done. You know, obviously people have had success with other scents, but uh, fresher the better, you know. But So that that was last year. So now this year I'm going to fast forward, and I made a scrape in there about no probably the 1st of November. Started making some mock scrapes, put a cell cam on it, using the intruder buck urine. So this was a little different tactic. You know, this was a little bit before the chasing phase, and the, it's really in the fighting stages. So I decided that I would try to see what was in the area and hopefully get them on camera. And sure enough, I had probably eight or ten different bucks work this scrape, one of which happened to be, holy moly, first picture I ever got of him, standing straight in the scrape. You know, second picture, straight in the scrape again. Picture after picture after picture, he started working this scrape. Well, that gave me the confidence and the knowledge that there was a giant deer in the area. So from that, I built a game plan on how to harvest this animal based on wind direction, based on where he was coming from in the pictures, where he was going to in the pictures. Um, you know, did the deer scent kill the deer? No. Did hit get the deer into my window where I could do some homework and and get some better knowledge on him? Absolutely. You know, I'd have never got those pictures had I not made those scrapes, you know. Could have got lucky and got a picture, I guess, but, you know, obviously it drew him in there. So, you know, November the 11th, I have no luck so far, November 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 
and I'm using all the dough and heat. I'm using everything just like, you know, I did the, the previous year and having no luck. So I had to make a move and get into that deer's core area where, based on those pictures that I've seen him going and coming from, I decided as I got the right wind to move with that. And and I got down on the edge of a CRP grass field, and, and uh, he actually just came cruising around. Wasn't using dough and heat that particular morning and killing him. Um, so I, I, I tell both stories to show you that one year, dough and heat drug him straight to the bottom of my tree. Next year, buck urine, had him in a scrape, got the pictures, started the homework, and I ended up killing him. So a lot of different ways that scents can be effective. Not always do they drag a deer straight by your stand at 20 yards broadside and you smoke them, you know. A lot of different things can go into it. And that was just two great stories that I myself personally have had happen this season, or, you know, in the last two seasons, rather. So, you know, maybe somebody can learn something off of that. I'm a great believer in in mock scrapes. I love them. You know, Intruder Buck, our our buck urine that we sell, it will tear the deer up, man. They, they will tear the woods in half, you know, if they get in there and get to smelling another air, buck in the area, they'll make scrapes and rubs and, and get it all tore up and stinky. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, now, a couple of things out of that, what you were just talking about. Uh, one, how do you, how do you determine on where you're going to put a mock scrape? And number two, uh, how did you figure out kind of where that buck was coming from? when you moved on yeah all right so you know the way i determine mock scrapes is and i always use the um jay gregory said it best in my conversation with him uh it is just a fire hydrant for deer you know all we're trying to do is get the the deer to to piss on the tire piss on a you know fire hydrant so to say like a dog does um so you want to put a mock scrape in a high traffic area you know you want to put it on field edges you want to put it on you know, logging roads, obviously, anywhere you can think last year you seen a scrape or years prior, you know, is a good place to put one. Um, community scrapes, you know, multiple bucks will use one scrape. The old theory that if it's the bigger the scrape, the bigger the buck, that's just, you know, no facts to that. There's going to be right. multiple deer. You know, I had nine, ten bucks using the same scrape, and and obviously once they start taking over the scrape, then you can really back out and you don't even have to do anything else to it. You know, they'll keep it up and maintain it and, and, uh, you know, you won't have to put much sin in it afterwards, um, unless you just choose to. Um, but strategy wise on my scrapes is I try to make two or three and I'll put cameras on all three or two or however many. And then if maybe one takes and they start working it great and the other two may not do anything, you know, just for whatever reason, they just don't, don't do anything. And then I'll I'll leave them up for a week or four, five, three days, whatever, and then jerk them down and move it and make a different scrape somewhere different, and you know try to work on that. And and to go to part two of the question, um, technology is is so advanced nowadays. We have all these apps on our phone, and we can look at topo and aerials, and you know see the the different drainage ditches and the way the contour of the land, and just watching the pictures of the deer that I killed this year. Um, every time he would come and go, he was going to or coming from the same area. 
and I just started studying those maps and looking at the aerials and trying to put two and two together on what crops were in the opposite field over there or what what you know oak or red oak trees or whatever was over here and why he could be here or where he could be bedding and I just kind of come up with a game plan that um I really thought that deer was was living in this little two three hundred block you know eight or a yard block I had mapped out there and and I said, you know, I can't hunt that without a southwest wind. So when I had a south wind, I did, I said to myself, it's time to move, you know, because I didn't want to didn't want to sit up there and, and waste any more time where I was not seeing anything. And I waited on the right wind, and I moved in, and, and it paid off, you know. But like I said, if I hadn't had those trail cam photos, it would have been hard for me to to make that decision, you know, based on any facts. and. I'm a base, I like the MRI, the most recent info, you know, so if I get trail cam photos, you know, today of a deer and he was doing something yesterday, that direction, whatever, there's a very good likelihood that he'll do it again. So the MRI, most recent info is uh, very key in my, my hunting strategy. So trail cams are a huge part in that. Yeah, now, I, I will though. Let me make, let me tell you something else though. Based on those trail cam photos a couple of weeks ago, I lost this deer on trail cams for about two weeks, or maybe maybe not two weeks, maybe a w- seven, eight, nine days. Never got a picture of him. And I was worried that he was gone and chasing does and had moved on. And, you know, a lot of me was very reluctant to even stick out that stand location because of not having trail cam pictures. But I can tell you that I, I killed that deer within 100 yards of the trail cam and hadn't had a picture of him, you know, in seven or eight, nine days. So don't let the cameras, you know, run your hunt, but use them and utilize them and, and take the knowledge from them. But don't don't think that there's the deer still mm-hmm. not there if you're not getting them on trail cam pictures because I promise you they uh, they know how to get around those cameras too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean – that's great that you brought that up. But the deer, the buck that I shot this year, just old seven pointer. He's six and a half years old, and uh, that's that's a pretty old buck for for down here in my area. Um, but I had pictures of him first of October. He he showed up for the first time, and I only had nighttime pictures of him. And it was always back, you know, first of October. It was time hadn't changed so it was like eight eight o'clock eight thirty so he was basically coming in there 30 minutes 40 minutes after dark and mm-hmm. uh, but i'd only get nighttime pictures of him and i got a picture of him maybe every every two days and it was always at night and never had a daytime picture so i'm hunting that day i shot him i was hunting in a stand that we already had hung and it was overlooking a known bedding area. We we knew that deer bedded in this spot. We didn't know he was, but we knew that it was just a spot where deer always went to because it was so thick. And I'm hunting there one evening, and I was just sitting there, and lo and behold, right at 7 o'clock, I just see him out in the thick stuff. I think he actually just stood up out of his bed Mm. and... And there it was daylight for the very first time. So, yeah, I mean, wow. it is good. To, you, 
them cameras will help you, but it's also they they can hinder you too if you try to if you only hunt based on just camera intel. Oh, I guarantee you, a lot of people, including myself, well, I, you know, I get real lazy when I got these cell cams, you know, taking pictures, and you know, there's uh there's good things that come from them, but don't let that do all your scouting for you. You know, hit the you know, know when to scout and stay out of your woods also. You know, right now is not, probably not a great time to be in the woods scouting, you know, because, uh, you know, for us in, in particular where we hunt, you know, you can do a lot more damage than good this time of year uh, when they're out and about doing their thing. Just get in a tree and sit tight and, and hope, you know, hope for what's uh, what all the scouting you did in the past few months that pays off, you know, and. Obviously, if you're not doing no count, you've got to, and you got to come up with a different strategy, well, then there you go. You may have to. But don't get discouraged just because your trail cam's not telling you something. Cause, you know, and also rubs and scrapes, man. Uh, this time of year, you're not going to see a lot of scrapes, man. I mean, they're they're chasing does. They're going to, you know, it's hard to, hard to make a scrape when you're running a doe across the field 40 mile an hour. So, you know, yeah. it can happen. Anytime, anywhere. I, I really like focusing on on bedding areas. You said it. Um, these bucks, man, if they're looking for does, they're gonna hit these bedding areas. And to me, that's the key. You know, is to get the thicker, the better. You know, the the big open, pretty hardwoods that everybody likes to hunt isn't always such a great choice for big deer. You know, not saying that a big deer can't run out in them chasing a doe or or he can, you know, just cruise through them. But I think you increase your your odds getting in thicker cover and and then no bedding areas this time of year. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. The thicker, the thicker the woods, the better. I think, especially for them. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Now I tell you yeah. something else. I I like. I'm sorry to cut you off. Something I like to do while I had it on my mind is, um, a lot of people are. And, and including myself, I said it, I'm going to kind of contradict myself. Um, but I do hunt the wind. I do let the wind play a major factor in determining where I hunt. However, there are some days that the wind doesn't do what it's supposed to do. You know, it may call for a northwest wind and I go to my set and get climbed up and an hour before dark, it shifts out of the, the south or the east or, you know, and, I'm not going to pack up my bags and leave just because the wind shifted, you know, and I'm an hour before dark. Uh, that's where I do like having, you know, obviously good scent control methods, good. Um, I don't wear my clothes in the truck when I'm driving around, going to McDonald's. I got them all in a tote behind me, um, stored with, I, I do believe in Ozonics. I don't know what any other people's beliefs are. I like it. Um, I think it helps. I do believe in scent killer, you know, control, you know, spray down, all that. But I will sit in my stand on those days if the wind's not so favorable or switches on me. I'll sit there and spray, you know, dough and heat in the air, mist it, you know, mist it, and then go or dough or buck urine or whatever, you know. And and I've had deer come in, you know, dead down wind just smelling because they got a whiff of that, you know. So, you know, that's another strategy I per. I myself use, you know, sitting in a stand with a, it's not always going to be perfect, you know, you're going to have swirls, and uh, I use yeah. that along with uh, the other things I told you, you know, seems to work out well for myself. Yeah, a lot of times I'll, uh, 
lot of times I'll take like a some kind of wick or, and if I ain't got a wick, sometimes I'll just take my whatever I got, you know, whatever kind of dopey I got or whatever. I'll just spray it on some limbs mm. or spray it somewhere oh, yeah. around my tree. That way, it, it if they don't smell, if they don't smell that, it at least helps cover your scent a little bit. That's and, right. Uh, yeah. Now I was gonna say too. You were talking about doing a scent drag now, mm-hmm. and I think I guess we'll we'll kind of go over that and we'll kind of just uh, probably wind it down because we were trying to make this a shorter episode. But uh, so what is uh give us the 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 best one oh one or tactic I guess on doing a scent drag. You know how do you how do you go about doing it? And what do you do once you get to your stand, all that good stuff? Well, I mean, I do, you know, I got two or three different things I do. And if I if I think, I'm I'm absent-minded a lot of times. I, I have very good intentions on bringing a drag with me and sometimes don't. Or, you know, I'll have five of them in my backpack and, you know, I, I'm overdoing it. But like this year or, you know, a lot of times I, I like putting – it on my boots. I mean, some people don't like doing that. To me, I've had no no negative results with it. Um, so I will just simply spray dough and heat on, say, my right boot, and then I'll put intruder buck on my left boot, and I'll walk to my set, you know, and every 75 or 100 yards or, you know, if I got a 300-yard walk, I may take and reapply every 100 yards three times just to keep the scent, you know, fresh. Um but I like having buck and doe on my boot when I walk in because sometimes you never know, you know, what mentality that deer is going to be in when he comes in. If he's looking for a fight or if he's looking for love. And, you know, that way I kind of cover both both angles with that. Um, but if I do a drag, then I will use, you know, usually one, you know, scent or the other. And typically it's all usually doe and heat on a drag. And I'll make, I always make a, a small loop in front of my stand because I've had so many deer just track me to my tree. And, you know, just like an old coon dog, they'll, they'll bust you. They'll look right up where you walk up your steps, you know. So yeah. I try to make sure that I walk in, even if it goes against what I want to do and I want to try to just tiptoe to my stand and, and up it I go. I'll try my best to get out in front of my stand a good 20 yards or whatever and uh, walk, and then I'll actually make a small little scrape. Just take my boot, kick it back, and uh, hang a scent wick over it or spray the vegetation over it, just the limbs. Uh, if I don't have a scent wick, just spray all the limbs and then spray the, the perimeter of the scrape I just made, and then I walk back and get in my tree. You know, it may take all the five extra minutes, but, you know, I've seen it pay off a lot of times where where it gave me an opportunity, just like last year, that deer that I shot last year, his nose was literally touching the scent wick um, when I was at full draw on, on him. So I didn't have to bleat and stop him. I didn't have to make any other noise. I just had to just make a shot when it was presented because of the, the uh, steps I took leading up to the hunt, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty. I n- I never I never thought about, which I'm I'm kind of kind of upset with myself a little bit that I didn't think about this because it's pretty simple. But I've never thought about doing the 
making the kind of like the semicircle around your stand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a definite game changer sometimes. Like, you know, I can tell you if you walk straight to your stand on a drag and then you don't give yourself an opportunity to shoot him, you know, who's to say he won't just hit your drag and come straight to your steps and then he's behind your tree, he's at a bad angle, you know, quartering towards you. You know, you gotta, you gotta always, if you're gonna drag a line in and you're gonna, you know, expect an animal to follow that scent path in, then you better have yourself an opportunity to shoot him when he does. So I would recommend to anyone listening, make sure you go out 20 yards in front of your stand, you know, give yourself that opportunity and even freshen the scent at that point because, you know, I'll guarantee you there, if they're gonna come in smelling, they're gonna continue the path, you know, and, you don't want them tracking you straight to your tree. That's not a good uh, a good scenario. Yeah. Now, see, now I, I have done that before. I, I do it actually a lot. Man, I spray my boots instead of actually having to drag. Yeah. And I, I guess, I mean, you, I mean, of course, they're probably going to smell it. You can never have too much. But that's, see, I always feel like I have to reapply the spray a lot more than probably what I should. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, they I'll can get... smell really well, but I have seen bucks in the past before I, you know, really knew as much as I, I guess I know now or experienced as much as I've experienced. Um, I've seen them bird dog you and then go backwards, you know. So when I started my scent trail and I took off walking, you know, the further I walked, the less the smell um, and I've seen them get on it right in the middle of it and then go backwards because the scent got stronger. So, you know, if you turn around and reapply every few, you know, keep your scent, your scent trail strong, you know, and smell, then it'll obviously, there's the likelihood of them back trailing you won't happen quite as much, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the one thing I always worry about. And, and that's why I, I guess, I don't want them. I don't want the scent to get off of my boot. It just to me, it feels like that scent. The scent wick will hold scent a little better than your boot. But uh, oh yeah, it can. I mean, but a deer like that deer last year I killed. He didn't even drop his nose to the ground. He just turned on a dime right where I walked, and then I had walked in twenty yards, and then turned right and walked up this backbone. He he walked step for step for where I walked and never once put his nose on the ground. So that tells you how strong their nose are. You know, he didn't even have to put it on the ground. He was smelling me. Yeah. yeah. And you could just tell his his whole mentality and demeanor and everything about him changed when he hit that. He was he was steady looking at that point, seeking. He was out on his toes, you know, just he he went from mad and and uh upset looking for a fight to uh kind of looking for a doe and trying to find her yeah yeah they'll do that i guess once they once i catch that smell it's it's pretty much over with if if they're in that right frame of mind yeah and i mean i tell everybody don't think because you use it today and you didn't get results that tomorrow you will or won't it's those deer man they're they're crazy animals man one day they're respond to a grunt call and come running in tomorrow it's like you never blew it they'll walk right by you and never look at you and then the next day they'll come right into it again you know it's just the the mentality of these deer and their attitude and temperament you know it changes it may change three times a day or five times a day you know 
you never know which deer you're going to get. It's kind of like my wife in some ways. <laughs> but, you know, you, I say that joking, but you just don't know what attitude that deer's going to be in. You may blow a grunt call, he take off running. You know, tomorrow, same deer could come through, blow a grunt call, and him bristle up, walk in sidestepping and, you know, looking for a fight. You know, yeah. so don't give up. If it don't work today, use it tomorrow. If it don't work tomorrow, use it the next day. I'm telling you, eventually you're going to see, you're going to have one of those aha moments, like people say, and uh, it's going to all come together and click. And then when it does, there's no feeling like it. You know, watching a deer uh, respond to scent, respond to calls, respond, you know, to what efforts, the you know, the, the fruit of your labor, per se. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do love using sense, man. It, it, I, it, and not only, I think, even if it don't work, because, I mean, I know, and I think at the end of the day, people got to understand that they're hunting a wild animal. And like you said, their mind changes so much. And, uh, I mean, I, I know I've went in the woods and used sense, use them every year, but more times than not, you're probably not going to have success. You're, you're going to fail with sense, I think, maybe more than you'll succeed. But, sure, absolutely. But, I mean, it's always just that one little extra thing that, you know, maybe it'll work. And, and oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah, I mean, might mm-hmm. be absolutely. Decision and what made him come in. But, but to me, even though I, I don't have tremendous success with using scent it's still every time i use them i still have i get just a little bit of confidence i think all right well i'm gonna see a deer today or maybe today will be the day you know so right I, right well you know i tell people it's like this you know if you if you're going out seeking an animal that has a nose a hundred times more powerful than a bloodhound, then that's a whitetail deer's nose is more powerful than a bloodhound. Um, you know, you got to make sure your, you know, your human scent can't. You know, a lot of people that don't have successful scents don't have a very good ritual at home about, you know, eliminating their own scent. Um, that's the biggest mistake I see hunters make is wearing their clothes, wearing their boots to the gas station. You know, if he smells you, he's gone. He's not going to even give your sin an opportunity to work because, you know, he's not going to tolerate a lot of foreign odor. He's going to – you got to keep it natural. you got to keep it, you know, scent-free. Um, and with that said, you know, scent that are over-the-counter and, and at Walmart on the shelf for months and months and possibly years, you know, at the end of the year – uh, when deer season's over this year, do you think a Walmart's going to throw away all those scent that they ordered that they didn't sell? No, they're going to restock them next year, you know, and then they're going to restock them the year after that if they didn't sell them then. And and my hunt, my vacation time, my my time in the field is way, way, way more important than throwing something like that out and hoping that a deer don't get spooked, you know. If I have the opportunity to buy some product that's two or three days old out of a doe that was in estrus in a fence in a pen, you know, and and I know, you know, it it was a legit item, then by all means, that's where I'm going for my product. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna buy corn on the cob at the Walmart if I can go over here to the farmer and get it out of his field. 
you know, that's, right. that's just me. You know, yeah. so I, I believe that if you do your part and keep yourself scent free and play the wind and use scents, I don't care if it's if it's every day you use them or you know just in the rut, whatever your your hunting strategy is, you'll see success eventually, and it won't be long. I mean, success will come in different forms. It may be a you know a little small buck coming in and teeter and tottering with your scent wick, or it may be a giant deer coming down and you killing a 175 inch deer, but you'll see it work in the near future. I'll promise you. It's uh, it's just uh, put your time in and keep yourself clean. Yep. Well, I think that's some really good. That's some really good stuff there, Jason. I think. I guess we'll go ahead and start wrapping it up. That was. Uh, All right, man. Good deal. A lot of good stuff there. Um, well, I want to tell you, man. I really, uh, I really appreciate you coming on here and uh, talking with me again. I'm sure we'll probably do it again sooner or later. Uh, That'll work, man. Well, let me uh, let me stop and say this: If you guys out there need any products, um, our website is jssense.com, and my phone number is on our website. Our Facebook. I'm pretty darn easy to get a hold of. Anybody out there? wants to call and, and shoot the bull on strategy, I, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. So, you know, I have no problem answering any questions people may have or, you know, anything out there. So by all means, go to our website, check us out, look us up on Facebook, and uh, good luck this season. Hope everybody kills the, the deer they're after. All right. Thank you, Jay. All right, man. Thank you, and you have a great day, okay? You too, man. 